everyone and welcome to the NARSA weekly update for week commencing Monday the 18th of October 2021. That's Gary here again and I hope that you had a great week that wasn't too much spoiled by the events of the 90th minute on Saturday's game against Hearts. More on that in a wee bit here. Now I have to start with a very special edition of What Gaz Got Wrong last week, that little segment we had when I seemed to make mistakes every other week and people took great delight and pleasure in telling me where the mistakes came from. And this time it was actually discovered by me when I was looking at upcoming fixtures and notice up, upcoming Rangers fixtures and noted a gap in November and I was kind of thinking that seems weird is that a cup weekend I'm not 100% sure now for anyone who listened last week you'll remember or maybe you won't remember but I did say that the next international break was in March 2022 and I thought that was true but I'm now better informed and the next international break is mid-November with the ra the last round of World Cup qualifiers, I believe is the last round of World Cup qualifiers. I'm sure I heard it somewhere, that it was March, or maybe I read it, or maybe I just didn't. But either way, I'm more than happy to clarify that we have another international break in three flipping weeks from now. My word. I don't know if that's the biggest downer or the fact that I didn't have one single person correct me. That could mean one of a couple of things, for example. It could be that anyone listening, my voice tone and delivery is so crisp and clean and trustworthy and utterly believable that people just assumed that I was correct. Or perhaps it could be that listeners just hadn't paid too much attention to the international fixtures and or the fixture list for next month. Or, and this could be the worrying one, no one is actually listening. <laughs> or at the very least, not paying full attention to what it is I'm actually saying on these podcasts. Either way, I'll be sure to research everything as much as possible going forward and will endeavour not to have such a faux pas for you all in the future. My bad, but I'm glad that I discovered it on my own without having anyone else gleefully tell me that I was wrong. Speaking of internationals, it does look like our players made their way back to us unscathed and, or certainly not fully blown injured, which is great for us and a, and a decent segue into the, the Rangers game segment for this last week. We did indeed play in the top of the table clash at home to a very high-flying hearts and could unfortunately only muster a frustrating 1-1 draw, which helps us maintain our place atop the, the Scottish Premiership League table, of course. But man, oh man, it should have been one of our more comfortable victories of the whole season thus far, in my opinion. I thought we were absolutely incredible in the first half. We came out on the front foot and just battered them all over the pitch, creating chance after chance in a relentless wave of attacks. It was just brilliant, absolutely fantastic it was. And then, speaking of fantastic, the fantastic John Lundstrom put in another... Amazing performance and, and scored a goal worthy of winning any game. An incredible finish. But despite us continuing the pressure and playing so well for the entire first half, you know, I'm betting that most of us had that semi-sinking feeling at halftime of, well, that was great, but we're only one goal to the good here. In the second half, our energy, intensity and inventiveness kind of dipped a wee bit, not catastrophically, but just wasn't as... As, as amazing in terms of levels and as it was in the first half and then Hearts 
did have a few clear-cut chances in the second half, as we did too. I don't want to be hypercritical of the team as a whole, but I couldn't help but feel that every single chance we gave them was via a clear and obvious defensive lapse or error of some description. And it appeared that way to me in the moment anyway, and, and I didn't watch the game back to see if that was the case. But some of the, the lapses in concentration, some of the just the basic errors to let them get through clean on goal were just synonymous of some of the defensive stuff that we've done this year. It just didn't feel like Hearts had to work very hard uh, to produce any of the moments um, that they got in front of goals. You know, if it was something that was absolute brilliance to fashion a chance for themselves, then fair enough. But I just don't think that that was the case on Saturday. We had a couple of particularly great chances to kill off the game, none more so, so than Roof's ball squared to Alfie for the tap-in. And he just did not have his shooting boots on at all on Saturday, Alfie. I thought that was one of his most wasteful games in front of goals in as long as I can remember. And that should absolutely have been a tap-in. And he just made a mess of it. And then speaking of that, fast forward to the 90th minute and we all laughed at the beginning of the season and the very first game of the season, in fact, very heartily when Hearts scored the 90th minute winner against the mob from the East End. And it wasn't anywhere near close to humorous the way we lost the goal. A lazy foul on the on the right-hand side by a very subdued ta- tavernier. I don't know what was up with him on, on Saturday. It culminates in Hearts receiving a corner on the left-hand side from that ensuing passage of play from the free kick. Then the boy puts in a very good ball. It was a good corner into the area and Alan McGregor makes an absolute disastrous mess of his attempted clearance to basically tee it up for their fella at the back post to tap in the header. When he is supposed to being uh, supposed to be being marked by, I think it was Tavin Goldson, uh, we didn't have anyone firmly on the post or anything like that. Just a ridiculous goal to lose at such a crucial point in the game for us. And once again, our game management is just so poor at times. Other teams are starting to know this and other teams are starting to, to be buoyed by this. And, uh, you know, it's a worry. I thought Stephen Gerrard's assessment of the game afterwards, however, was, as always, spot on. He basically t- said that the team, you know, in his words, collectively stitched up McGregor for not having the game already won and completely done by the 90th minute with the amount of wastage that we experienced in the final third. A bit of a common theme, uh, you know, really coming through here. Uh, a really good way to, to both protect McGregor for the obvious error and also to put that error in context over the entire game. Over the course of the game, we more than deserved the three points, I thought, but based on the second half only, Hearts likely deserved something from the game. Uh, you know, really, really disappointing. It just It's so deflating or elating when, when you either lose or, or score a goal towards the end of a game. And as I said earlier, we're, you know, the good positive parts of it is we are still clear at the top of the table, but it's a lot closer now than it should have been. Uh, and I think that's the biggest disappointment for me. Positives, first half was tremendous. John Lundstrom, Hadji and Aribo were excellent, I thought. Negatives, well, the result, obviously. The substitutions didn't seem to change the game for the better and our wastefulness in front of goal was our biggest downfall over the course of the game. We just need to see if we can get a reaction uh, from this uh, from this result and, and performance in this week's games and use the learnings from Saturday for good for the team and our results as we move forward. 
So speaking of this week, this week we are back in Europa League action again on Thursday at home to Bronby with a 3pm Eastern Standard Time kickoff. That's 8pm UK time. Please note the slightly later than normal kickoff time. And unlike the the recent game against Sparta Prague, where I said it was a mustn't lose, this one is a must win if we are to have any hopes of making a push for qualification for the knockout stages from this group. We simply haven't been anywhere near good enough in Europe this season, so I can only hope that a home game under the Ibrox lights with a wild and passionate crowd will be just what we need to spur the team into a solid performance worthy of the three points to really kick-start our campaign. Bronby, as you'll probably know, are, are on one point after two games, having secured a, a 0-0 draw with Sparta before falling to a 3-0 reverse in Leon, I haven't seen them play at all this season, so don't know how good they are, but domestically I did a wee bit of research yesterday and things aren't looking so great for them right now in the domestic in their domestic Danish league. They're sitting in six points, eh, sorry, they're sitting in sixth place after 12 games, already 13 points behind leaders Majitland. A familiar name there and you know ultimately Bears we really really need a victory here so here's hoping that's exactly what we get on Thursday to kick start that campaign and Ernest our second game is a game against a very very informed St Murn side in the most beautiful town in the entire country of Scotland and the kickoff for this one is 7am Eastern Standard Time this coming Sunday yep another very early one for us here out to the to the west uh, of the of the continent and it's going to be quite the game i'm sure because since they experienced their heavy defeat uh, albeit with 10 men to uh, from celtic back in august they're unbeaten in their last six league games including winning their last three in a row so this it typically isn't an easy game against someone and this one is no different in that respect as well maybe that's just what we need you know, we, we played well against Hibs and Spells when they came out to play against us. We played very well against Hearts and Spells when they tried to come and play against us. And I look forward to seeing what Simon do and obviously looking forward to getting fouled all over the pitch. And uh, then with no bookings, of course, to, to the opposition players until, you know, too late in the game to make any positive change in behaviour and any protection of our players. But here's hoping in that respect that we stand up for ourselves, play the type of football we played in the first half against Hibs and get the result in the three points that we really need from this one. The top of the table is a wee bit too congested for my liking now, but I do have to consistently remind myself that it's still very early days and... You know, we're only just creeping up on an entire quarter of the season played thus far. Been a bit dramatic, been a bit up and down, but if anyone had said at the beginning of the season we'd be in the group stages of Europa, obviously not the Champions League, what we wanted, we'd be in the later rounds of the League Cup and we'd be top of the league after the first quarter of the games being played. I think we would have all been relatively happy with that, so I'm going to try and leave that segment there with... A little bit of a positive spin on it. RTV, no significant RTV updates from this past week, other than we will be looking to completely wrap up the survey analysis and get communicating with all clubs on game fees for the season. And I do know and acknowledge that I have said that for the past couple of weeks, but I really, truly mean it this week. I promise I do. For shout-outs, I, I would like to start by wishing my good pal Luke Cooper a very happy 40th birthday this past Friday, the 15th 
of October. Look, and I have played on the same team <clears throat> over here in Calgary for a bunch of years. And I was also MC at his wedding way back in the day. But let's not go there as to how that particular marriage turned out. <laughs> Better luck next time. Look, uh, we, we had a, a boys' night out um, this past Friday to, to celebrate. It was after a bit of a botched party organising and it was breaching COVID rules and stuff so we, we managed to get out and about and, and not breach any rules and get together and uh, and it was an absolutely brilliant night with a great night which did contribute to a much slower day on Saturday for me than I was anticipating but all in the name of celebrating with pals and it was a great laugh and a good night so happy birthday again Luke Luke is not a, a direct Rangers fan always looks out for the scores and results of course but he's a He's a Southampton guy. Him and his family are from Southampton, so they have the unfortunate pleasure of watching that every other week. But he has guested for us in our many games against both the Liverpool and Arsenal clubs here in Calgary and and literally starred in each of the games that he's played in. So a very good asset to have on the sidelines for us. A quick update on the Carey clan's holiday back home to Paisley at the time of recording. And right now it's ooh, just after 5pm on Monday evening. Uh, Debbie, Andy and Chloe have had, basically have had parties every night. They went to see Rangers on Saturday. Got me a bunch of stuff from the Rangers shop at Ibrox on Friday afternoon. They kind of jinxed us, obviously, in the game. I guess that was is what we have to say about that. And then they went to Mr Singh's Indian restaurant in, on Saturday night and where they met the wonderful Arthur Newman and had a brilliant day at Well Meadow Bowling Club on the Sunday afternoon as well. I've received two, actually I guess it would be three now, is it three, two or three, very entertaining FaceTime calls from a select number of them at a very decent time for me in the in the afternoon, early evening, but pretty late in Paisley, I have to say. <laughs> They're having a great time and it's magic news and they still have another week to go, which is even better. And I just wanted to mention, just from a shout-out perspective, this one last time, the quick reminder that Toronto number one have their two for the show show on Saturday the sixth of November. I guess that's two weeks on Saturday coming, and it's fifteen dollars per person. If you need any information about that, please reach out to Norman Maxwell directly or get in touch with me, and I will make sure you get in touch with the appropriate person over at Toronto number one. For our convention update for this week, we have made some progress with the Las Vegas Loyal Organising Committee for their excursions that will be hosted on the week of the event, and particularly on the Friday. And I'm hopeful we'll be able to share details on that this week via our regular communication channels, of course. And we also kicked off our magazine efforts with a meeting to determine next steps on what we want to do to have the magazine ready for all of our guests come convention time. It was a really good start on the on the magazine front and I can't wait to see what the folks come up with for this one as we move forward. There's going to be another meeting about that, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday uh, this week. The, the magazine for this year is going to be managed by NARSA. Uh, we, we came up with that agreement in, in conjunction with uh, with the Las Vegas uh, folks down there just to, to make sure that they feel adequately supported. So we're, we're going all out to make sure that we do a good job on that on their behalf. On the travel front, the update is, in, is the same as the last week and I think it's actually the same as the week before as well, that we just have to get down to communicating and getting information out there and we will do that 
for sure, for real this week. And I, I know I've said said this for the last couple of weeks, and it's it's entirely just um, due to, to volume and workload and other priorities. But we'll get on to that. I know that Rosie over at the Travel and Flight Centre is very, very keen to get that going as well. So are we, so that we can then pass it over into our hands to help manage that going forward. So we'll get on that this week. And we are also involved with planning conversations with some key sponsorship stakeholders as well to help us with the, the planning the overall look and feel of the event and, and how and where they can get involved to help support that. The conversations are ongoing and they're going really well thus far and I'm looking forward to seeing where we can take this as we continue to mature to invest in and mature our overall uh, you know marketing and sponsorship model as as we collectively move forward. So a wee bit more about that to share once we, we have a bit more information but just to give a wee bit of a feel of the types and styles of conversations that are taking place in the background and the, the various different stakeholders that we are dealing with to make sure that these things happen. So as I say, yeah, more to share when we have more. My weekly regular plug for the Convention Frequently Asked Questions document that is on our website. If you go there with any questions, I'm fairly sure you'll get the answers that you need. Some things I wanted to communicate on the communications front from this past week, starting with an update on the VAR conversations that were held with Scottish football's hierarchy a couple of weeks ago. You'll remember, I think it was two pods ago, maybe three, that I gave an update on a meeting that was planned to be happening with the football authorities to discuss the introduction of VAR into the Scottish game. The meeting did indeed go ahead and it looks like it went well and the discernible progress was made and that VAR may end up actually being part of our football lives, domestic football lives, maybe a wee bit sooner than we all thought. I guess time will tell, but I'll put the blurb to the Sky Sports article that I got this information from and you can take a peek at it at your leisure. But yeah, something that's going to be fairly material for us over the next wee while. And as I think I'd mentioned when I mentioned it first time a couple of pods ago, you know, any help that we can give to the existing crop of referees and future referees is going to be more than welcome because some of these folks are a bit of a disaster, if I could say that. So, and here's one that will surprise you. UEFA confirmed last week that they are not proceeding with any disciplinary actions into the racially driven booing of Glenn Kamara in the recent March March match away at Sparta Prague. They confirmed that the investigation has now concluded that there was insufficient evidence of racism or discriminatory conduct at the match to warrant the opening of disciplinary proceedings against AC Sparta Praha. That's what it said on the UEFA website insufficient evidence of racism or discriminatory conduct. Maybe they watched the footage back with the volume off because that's the only way that there would have been insufficient evidence for that particular one. Now, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week or not, but my firm belief is booing a player is not racism. It's part and parcel of the game and we have a right as fans attending the stadium to express ourselves. But for this particular game, we all know what was behind it. And, and we all know it was because a black player had the audacity to call out racist behaviour directed at him and then do something about it afterwards by ragdolling the said racist in question in the tunnel. You know what? Utterly ridiculous, but not surprising at all on that front. Did we put this type of non-action to, to really address racism down to it being an open secret? With the open secret being that we know that UEFA 
are either racists themselves or their rules are so vague and ineffective that racism under the current regime and the current structure will never be truly reduced or eliminated. Is that what open secret means? Because that's a term I'm sure we're going to hear more and more going forward. So I just want to make sure that I know what the term actually means and more to follow on open secrets and future pods. Again, I will put the blurb for the article I got this information from in the in the, in the blurb. So I'll put the, the, the website in the blurb for tonight's podcast as well. A quick update on the Scottish Football Hall of Fame nomination for Andy Gray that I talked about last week, or I've been talking about fairly consistently over the last week. Well, after the article was published in the Herald uh, a week past this, uh, a week past yesterday, Sunday, we received information that it was, and it's informal, and that it's unlikely that an inductee dinner would be held this year. Now, admittedly, when I heard that, I was a little bit pissed off. I don't mind telling you that. But then I looked at the date and with us being, you know, beyond mid-October and to my knowledge, with there being little to no logistical plans in place for the dinner, it does appear that the organisers of the the event have simply run out of time to do a good job of it for this year. We, We reach out, we have reached out to the powers that be to get confirmation and at the time of recording, we haven't received a response yet. I thought personally that a better option would be to induct 2021s and maybe even if there's a hangover from 2020, the, the inductees in absentia this year and and then have them join their 2022 inductee cohorts next year. But what the hell do I know about organising anything logical? Once we know more about this, we'll let everyone know. And as I mentioned before, we are not letting this one lie on Andy's behalf. So it will come to a conclusion one way or another. For those who follow the Rangers Charity Foundation, you'll know that the Foundation's charity ball with a swinging 60s theme is this coming Saturday night at the Hilton Glasgow. You remember that last year's event had to be cancelled due to, obviously, due to the the worldwide pandemic and and was kind of replaced by the Simply the Best Night In event, which we all attended here and and I I thought it was absolutely superb. I thought it was a brilliant event. Uh, Tickets for this week, there are still tickets left and tickets cost £110 per person. Minimum booking, two places on a shared table basis or £1,100 for a table of 10. Quite interesting, there's no discount for taking a full table. I guess that's the way it goes. And it does include a drinks reception, a three-course dinner with wine, entertainment, a complimentary gift and an event programme. So if you have spare time and cash for Saturday night, why don't you get yourself along there and and support the event and and have a great night? You know, if you assumed it was already sold out, because it typically does sell out every year, I understand. And if you assumed it was sold out and didn't try for tickets or you were maybe just on the fence about attending, now's your chance to get in on the action and get yourself over there. They are normally also very well supported by Rangers Royalty, VIPs and the like. So I don't know that you would get too many first teamers, if any, there with the the game being early on the Sunday against St Mirren. But you will undoubtedly be rubbing shoulders with some of the greats there, I'm sure, if you get an opportunity to attend. So I know for a fact that this is a very, very important 
event for the Rangers Charity Foundation and after not being able to hold events like this for the for the past 18 months or so so if if you have an opportunity uh, to go along and really enjoy the great night out and, and the, the amazing food and obviously the 60s themed entertainment I would encourage you to, to do so and uh, I was actually talking with the Carey clan a little bit about that today to see if they would be interested in going along as well I will put the, the website article where you can get tickets from that on the blurb and and as I say, if you can go along, I'm sure you will have an absolutely great night. For those who support and follow Club 1872, you might have seen the article on the Rangers website today announcing this evening members of Club 1872 are meeting with their directors in the Thornton Lounge at Ibrook Stadium. Rangers directors would like to take this opportunity to update Club 1872 members and we are pleased to confirm that Rangers directors Stuart Robertson, Ross Wilson and James Bisgrove will be present in the members lounge in the main stand at 8pm this evening to meet with Club 1872 members. They will take Sorry, they will make a short presentation to update members on club strategy and be available for a Q&A session. We look forward to seeing you this evening. So I love that sort of stuff. I think it's brilliant to see the level of support that the Rangers Football Club directors are placing on this. But I have to admit, it did seem to be a little bit of late notice for, for me, you know, just to announce on the day of the meeting, oh, by the way, we will be there at this time, you know, to um, to, to talk about that sort of thing. I'm assuming that the 8pm timeline would be after the Club 1872 board meeting has ended and then therefore there's there's not a mad rush for them to leave or, um, or sorry, to, to rush away actually for, for a meeting. But... Knowing the guys like I do, and, and I'm talking about the Rangers Football Club directors here, they are always very good value for money and will be providing uh, value-add information, I would assume, to the Club 1872 members who make it along for the meeting. So I hope it went well, and I'm sure if there's anything material that's going to come out from that, Club 1872 will communicate with their membership and maybe more publicly, if applicable. Finally, on the communication front, for this week, I did want to provide a quick update on our Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast annual subscription competition that I mentioned last week. We are going to try and manage this one a wee bit differently to the last competition that we did for the manager's tickets, I believe it was that one. Yeah, the manager's tickets for the, the Five Stars event that's happening in March 2022. And we're going to host this one or we're going to collate the answers for this one on our website, on the NARSA website. So right now we're actually literally just finalising the question that we are going to ask. It will be one question and then we'll get it out to everyone via our regular communications channels, hopefully in the next day or two, and then you'll get an opportunity to enter that. And if you're not already a subscriber of Heart and Hand, you'll get an opportunity to be one and I believe it's going to be the 399 tier that uh, David and the team are going to open up for us and our lucky guest so a lucky guest lucky winner so hopefully that goes okay and good luck to everybody who enters that we'll probably put a bit of a short turnaround time on that if we get it out tomorrow or Wednesday we will look to to put it uh, you know at an end to that by probably the kickoff time for the St Mirren game this coming Saturday, Sunday. So, yeah, so we'll do that. So more to come on that and please uh, forward that to anyone that you think would be interested in that as well. So that's going to do it 
for this week, my friends. As always, I finish off by thanking everyone for taking the time to listen and, and I can't I truly can't thank you enough for taking the time to listen. So if there's anyone else you think would benefit from listening each week, please by all means forward it to them and I hope they get enjoyment from it. Until next week, here's hoping for two very, very important three pointers in the two different competitions that we're we're playing in this week and two hopefully extending a lead at the top of the table come the weekend. Until next time, take care. All the very best to yourselves, folks. Mm-hmm.